Hello everyone, and welcome back to In The Zone MLW, a podcast where we talk all about MLW. Um, today I have a very special guest with us. This is Luke. Luke, you want to introduce yourself? What's going on? Um, Luke, uh, just working with uh, Mallard's Wide, the Press Mallard's fan here. Uh, yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. Um, so, basically we want to do... I wanted to get a guest on here because um, there's really nothing to do these days, and it's... Uh, you know, everyone's in a remote school, um, and, uh, yeah, so, um, Luke, are, how's remote school going? How's, uh, are you almost done with school? Uh, yeah, I'm almost out of school, senior year, high school, so. Oh, dang. Um, yeah, but it's going good so far. Things are closing up again, so, Ooh. but it's, it's doing all right for what it is. Yeah, um. Obviously, this year has been very, very tough on everybody, but let's just jump right into it with our first topic. So today, we've got some MLB discussions. Um, I did post my first uh, story when I said if you guys wanted to see other things besides MLW, you guys said MLB, um, maybe other sports too. I know basketball just started up. I'm not that big of a basketball fan, but um, I know hockey is supposed to start up soon, so uh, that's cool. So, um, basically, a lot of stuff happened this week. Um, I, for one, am a White Sox fan, and, uh, oh boy, um, I run, I run a White Sox account, um, on Instagram. It's, uh, White Sox underscore JT25. Oh boy, there is a lot to discuss with the White Sox. Probably the most intriguing free agency team right now. Um, Luke, what was your thoughts on the Lance Lynch raid? Yeah, I think that was a big, uh, guys I mean you guys have the lineup and the pitching that you've added and the pitching that you've got for the future it's just I'm jealous I'm jealous and uh yeah there's not much else to say about you guys are set up yeah uh it's it's very very hard that we traded Dane Dunning you know um I'm a big Dane Dunning fan but uh it has to be done sometimes you know um and uh I'm I'm glad for what we got back it may only be a year but um, I think that this is good for the for the future. Um, I think they made this trade because the starting pitching market is so just not good this year. I mean, you have Trevor Bauer, but that's about it. Um, yeah. So. And Trevor Bauer is still on the fence. Doesn't know where he's going. It's been quiet. And. Yeah, there's yeah, been like no discussions. The, he's the only real number one uh, that's floating around still. Yeah, there's like guys like Jake Odorizzi, Masahiro Tanaka. Um, I think is James Paxton. I think as well. Yeah, and Tanaka is um, Tanaka's shown no interest from the Yanks, so he's not going back to the Yankees. I, I presume. No, I don't, and I think it's going to be a huge loss for the Yankees. He is easily their number two for me. Um, he can pitch. Oh, yeah. He is really, really underrated, and uh, he did make the All Star team last year. Um, I believe he pitched right after Verlander, so he was the second uh, pitcher in for the All-Star game for the Ale. Um, so today we basically just wanted to talk about the rest of the free agents because there's a couple off the board. Um, and uh, Still some big ones. Oh yeah. Um, there's um, guy, there's uh, In terms of non-tendered, Adam Eaton was also just picked up by the White Sox. Great move. Yeah, I had that down. Yeah. Um, from my Nets, which... I'm okay with his production the past, well, this year, I guess. Um, it's kind of rough. He moved up and down in the lineup, and he couldn't really get solidified anywhere. So, good luck with him. 
Yeah, Adam Eaton is um, a very, very controversial player. You know, a lot of people talk about, you know, his uh, past with Todd Frazier. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm glad he's back on the south side. Um, I, I still think that a lot of people are saying that that trade was, um, you know, uh, a bit of a fleece because the White Sox got Dane Dunning and Lucas Giolito. Honestly, Adam Eaton brought them a World Series. He hit two home yeah. runs. He had two home runs in the World Series off a pitching staff of Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, Zach Greinke. I mean, those are three legends. Well, at least two legends for now, because Zach Greinke and Justin Verlander are complete, like, they're legends, but Garrett yeah, Cole needs to sit Hall of Fame. Yeah, easy, and, easy first ballot. And I'm not hating on him, you know. I loved him when we had him in the moments, you know, uh, him and Trey at the top of the lineup, and I definitely don't take anything away from him for what he did in the World Series, so... Yeah, and if you look back at the trade between Giolito, like when, when you guys got Giolito from us, it paid it paid off. We got a World Series, so yeah, especially his big um, two RBI base hit in uh, the World Series. Those were some very very good um, uh, uh, insurance runs in the I believe eighth inning. Yeah, and everybody remembers Howie Kendrick's you know home run, but Adam Eaton that was clutch too. Yeah, that I remember watching that, and I was I was stunned because that thing just barely like it was. It, it's not like it was gonna like completely be demolished over the fence, but it's no. not like it was a short home run either. It hit like relatively the middle of the foul pole, and I just it, rem- it, I, I think it was Springer in left, sorry, or in right, and he just looked at it. Yeah, like he didn't even he 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 just kept looking at it. It was it was crazy. It was it was a down and away and. He- Roped it right to the. Uh, I mean, it, it was a line drive hit straight out to the pole. So obviously, it wasn't a no doubter, but I'll take it. Yeah. Um. So now going into um some some free agency. So a couple of things we're we're gonna discuss um a couple of uh free agents, but only the big ones. We're not gonna go into like you know smaller free yeah. agents that nobody really cares about. So who do you have going? Who do you have picking up Trevor Bauer? Trevor Bauer. Um, the first team I think of has to be the Angels. I mean, if you look at their rotation and their bullpen, and I know they've added some pieces, but they this would be. I mean, this would put them, I think, almost in a contender league, um, because Trevor Bauer is just that good. He's a number one right away, and then they have the guys in the lineup. They need the pitching. I, I think it has to be the Angels. Yeah, um, I think the Angels have a good spot, but for anybody saying that Trevor Bauer is going to you know, turn the Angels completely around, I'm sorry, but I have to say no to that. I really don't think that the Angels are going to pull anything unless they get two pitchers. Now, I've been talking about this a lot. Sonny Gray is up for trade. Um, I, I, for one, wanted him instead of Lance Lynn, but, you know, we have Lance. It's, it's cool. But... If they trade for, they have some prospects. I'm not. I'm not saying Joe Adele. They're definitely not trading Joe. Joe Adele. But what I'm, what I'm suggesting here is trade some of the prospects in return for Sonny Gray, and then they have they have some money to spend. If they go out and they get Trevor Bauer to a two three year deal, I know he's asking for a one, but I really don't think that's going to happen. Um, and. If, if they can, if they can get both of them, I I don't see why they can't be the favorites for the AL West. Again, that's pretty pretty difficult to do, but um, I think that that could happen. Um, in terms of who I think he's going to go to, 
I think a sleeper pick is the Giants. But okay. yeah, another team that needs it. Another team that I think you could be right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean, Trevor Bauer could be going to. Uh, could be going to San Francisco, and I know a lot of people are saying maybe the Dodgers, but um, that's not, that's not happening. I'm sorry. The Dodgers' focus right now is either trading for Arenado or getting Turner. On the topic of Dodgers, what are your thoughts on them pursuing Nolan Arenado? Um, I don't. I don't really like it. Um, I. I. I don't know why they're wasting Gavin Lux's career. I mean, I get that they're losing. Okay. It's no secret. They are losing Kiki Hernandez and Jacques Peterson. Neither of those guys want to go back there. Because all the Dodgers are, are let's just put out whoever we want, and then we'll bench whoever we want. In my opinion, it's a dumb move to um, bench Peterson and put Pollock out there. But, you know, that's that's what they're doing. You know, I think Peterson had two World Series home runs, and he didn't even play the whole season. So stuff like that just bothers me. Yeah, I've got Jock Peterson on my list as well, and um, and Gavin Lux. Just, they're going to lose pieces, but I don't think Arenado going to the Dodgers would be great for the sport just because, you know, Mookie Betts. Uh, that wasn't Bell, great for the sport. Yeah. The Mookie trade. It'd be great for Dodgers fans. They, they'd love that. But if I'm Arenado... I'd maybe find another contender that isn't as stacked. Yeah, and honestly, I I I think they're gonna get Turner, but on the on the topic of that, I get that they're losing Kike, but they're gonna replace him with Chris Taylor. So the problem with that is they're gonna lose Kike, they're gonna replace him with Chris Taylor. Or they could move Chris to third, because Chris can play any division any yeah, Chris position. Is a- utility player. Yeah, he, he's really good. He can play the outfield, infield, whatever. But if you put Gavin Lux at second base and you let Turner walk, it, it you might as well have a better team. Turner is getting older. He's not getting any younger. But, you know, I know Dodgers fans love him, but that might be the move. And this could be his year of decline. He could be on the downslide now. And I would go for a younger guy. A younger star over that, so yeah. And on the topic of that, there is no way if they get Nolan Arenado, Gavin Lux is gone. I'm telling you right yeah. now, they don't have any future for Gavin Lux if they want Nolan Arenado. Quite honestly, if Nolan Arenado does not get moved at the in the off season or at the trade deadline, he's walking. He has an option to walk out in 2021, and he's going to do it. If he doesn't get traded, he's going to walk. Because the Rockies told them they're going to build the rebuild around him, and there's nothing to rebuild. They have no prospects. Charlie Blackman has gone from probably a top 50 player all the way down to a number 100 player. So, I mean, Trevor Story, that's another guy they might trade to. That, yeah, I was going to say he's on the block too, been rumored. And uh, so now jumping to, you know, America's team, the Yankees, right? What are your thoughts on DJ LeMayhew and what will go down in New York? I'm very, very glad you brought this up. LeMahieu is demanding a lot of money from the Yankees. And uh, not only is he... He wants to stay in New York. Everyone has him staying in New York. But 
Um, you know, we'll get we'll get to our predictions in a second. But the problem with yeah. the LeMahieu thing is the Yankees should be giving him the money he wants and the money that he deserves. He deserves a four-year contract. And, yeah, I get it that, like, he was a product of Coors Field, but he kind of proved the doubters wrong. In 2019, he finished second right next to Tim Anderson in the batting race. And then um, in 2020, he won the bat- the batting title. So, I mean, say all you want about Yankee Stadium's um, small ballpark or um, the Coors effect. I mean, LeMahieu is a good player, and if they let him walk, I'm telling you right now, the Yankees are not my favorite in the AL anymore. Now, if they make a move for Lindor, because that's, of course, another big one out there, what 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 do the Yankees give up? Uh, do they give up Voight? Uh, Gio Urshela is another name that is used for trade bait. How, how do they approach that? Yeah, I don't I don't like the Voight trades. I really don't like that. I don't know what the Yankees are thinking, but they're they're asking people like, "Hey, what do you want for Luke Voight?" This dude literally just hit the most home runs in a, in all of MLB, and the second closest to him was 3 away. And considering that's a 60-game season, that is dominant. And and some people don't like home runs, but you know, I like I I I'm just that's telling what the league is turning into. You want home run hitters. It changes the game now, and and it's, I think it's the biggest it's ever been. And Luke Voigt, I mean, you could say he had a 2020 season, because in 2020, anything can happen. And this could just be a fluke, but I would hold on to him if I'm the Yankees, see what he's got. I, don't, I wouldn't want to give that up, because that's, I mean, he was on track to hit, you know, 40-plus, near 50. You know, that's, you don't give that up. Yeah, so um, we're going to get into a couple more trades, but what do you think of DJ? Where is he going to go? I think he stays in New York, if I had to bet. I think they work on a deal with the money, and I think that he stays. I, for one, think that the Yankees re-sign him, but I think that they give him... I think it's going to be last second. One team is literally seconds away from making a deal with DJ. And because he wants to stay in New York... He takes the offer from New York, but it's only a two-year deal. And as soon as that two-year deal is up, he's gone. Because, uh, I mean, if I'm DJ, I'm 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 mad right now at the Yankees. Um. So yeah, we were so we were talking about the Lindor trade, and uh, I think, uh, yeah, I guess we already got past that. But move a couple guys around, and the Yankees have it. So, oh yeah. Um, I think that Lindor would be that piece. I think that if you've had to get rid of Rochella and 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 pick and you know, own some prospects for Lindor, I think that works. But they're asking a lot for Lindor, so you'd have to make some sacrifices. So yeah, I think Clint Frazier is the guy that uh, is definitely moving to Cleveland if uh, that trade happens. Yeah. Um. So moving on to our next trade, um, I want to talk some Chicago Cubs. Uh. I want to talk about them a little bit because uh, I know you're a Nationals fan um, and uh, there's a lot of rumors about Chris Bryant going there. What do you think and what do you think you guys are going to have to give up? Uh, he's, he's not completely old. Uh, his numbers have declined, but that's also due to injury. I don't know if I want a guy who's staying injured, but if we did take him, 
I would hope that instead of giving up Robles, which, you know, I, I, I fear of that happening, I would rather, uh, oh, and Luis Garcia, I want him to stay as well, but I would be okay with giving up um, Keyboom. Uh, and if, if Garcia has to be in that for, for him, then then maybe I pull it. But Keyboom didn't show me enough last year. He got benched and moved down, you know, once or twice. And so Dave Martinez didn't see enough from him, and neither did I. So I don't know if he's the future. So I think I'd be okay with that move being made for Chris Bryant. Yeah, I've been saying it, but I think that Chris Bryant should have been moved last offseason because right now his value is extremely low. And I get that he's the 2016 NL MVP, but quite honestly, if Chris Bryant was not beloved by Chicago Cup fans everywhere and he wasn't the 2016 MVP, I'm guaranteeing you right now they would have non-tendered him. Yeah, uh, I think if he'd shown more uh, since he won the MVP and you know, could have stayed healthy, I think there would it wouldn't be a discussion of him going anywhere. He'd be locked down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the next um, thing for the Cubs is Javier Baez. Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber, too. <laughs> him, too. But, you know, um, obviously, I don't think Kyle Schwarber's going to re-sign there. No, I think uh, Kyle Schwarber was another uh, guy rumored for the Nats. I don't know if that's going to happen. I think he'll go somewhere else and be, uh, you know, maybe a, a DH in the AL. Um, but yeah, Javi Baez, you go ahead. Yeah, man. Uh, it's, I don't want to, you know, sound biased here, but the Cubs are crumbling and I'm loving it. Um, but uh, in all seriousness, they need to move somebody, whether that's Wilson Contreras, Chris Bryant, Anthony, actually, you know what? No, keep Rizzo, never mind. Or Chris Bryant. Um, Javi Baez, Chris Bryant, or Wilson Chiras, they need to move one of those guys because Javier Baez's value right now is lower than it should be. And if he has another underperforming year like he has the past couple seasons, he is going to be shrinking down in when they try to trade for him at the deadline. So yeah, because that that average and those strikeouts, you know, he's swinging at like good for... he's swinging at like some. some if someone were to throw like a baseball like to the to the moon, he would swing at it. He's yeah. He it's, it almost looks like he's all or nothing in his swings. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of stuff that the Cubs uh, that the Cubs are doing. But uh, getting to the next free agent, we have. I'm gonna go with. What do you think of Kirby Yates? Padres reliever for any of you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think they need it. I think that their pitching obviously showed um, that it was good, but they they still lost in, in, in the playoffs. But I think if they, you know, pitching obviously wins you championships. I believe obviously you have to have a good enough lineup, but you need the bullpen and they need to hold on to them. And if they don't, then the Padres won't, you know be in that uh, chase anymore for it. And I think that if they do uh, lose him, then they definitely need to make a couple pickups to uh, even it out. Yeah, so Luke has him staying with the Padres. Quite honestly, I think that the Red Sox or Phillies pick him up. 
Um, so moving on to the next closer, we're just gonna go um, with we're just gonna go with one more closer because there's a couple closers, but we're gonna go with the closer everyone's talking about, everyone wants Liam Hendricks. What do you think? I could see him uh, you know, going to a team that really does need a uh, bullpen depth, a contender, I would think, is, is what anybody wants to go to. Um, I think whoever offers him the best money, he's going to go to. And if I had to guess, Unfortunately, I hate to say this, but I would say the Mets. Ooh, that is that's that's terrible. Uh, I know yeah. the Mets just took away McCann from us. Uh, that's still a little. Uh, yeah, I was gonna talk about that too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll get to that in a second, but quite honestly, um, they lost um, McCann, um, and I think that in the next week or so, um, I think that the White Sox get the deal done with Liam Hendricks and Alex Colomay is not re-signed, and um, I actually think the A's and White Sox will flip closers. Um, I think that Alex Colomay will go to Oakland, um, and I think in exchange, Liam Hendricks will go to the White Sox. Two years, $28 million. Um, uh, it's $14 million a year, so it's not that much money. Um, I think if the White Sox get Liam Hendricks, I think everyone thinks that... Um, if the Yankees can't re-sign LeMahieu... Uh, they're pretty looking pretty good in the AL. Yeah, and going back and moving on to James McCann, you guys losing him doesn't really hurt too much because I like Grandal a lot. Yeah, same. I like I, I like Grandal more. Uh, that the fact that you guys had both of them is just crazy. And as a Nationals fan, I like I hate saying anything good about them, but that move is big. Um, for them, they needed that. You know, Wilson Ramos isn't doing it anymore behind the plate. He's getting old. He's he's not it. He's not hitting great. And McCann, forty year, forty plus million. That's 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 good for them. And props to their uh, front office for those moves. Yeah, uh, it's 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 pretty heartbreaking. I like McCann, but quite honestly, I did not want to re-sign him. Uh, I love Grandal. Grandal is my actually my favorite player on the White Sox. Um, and I just love the way, like, he goes about his business. He's very quiet, but, um, whenever he does something big, even he's celebrating, um, when the, when the dugout's celebrating. Um, and I think that, um, with Abreu coming off his MVP season, uh, which he did deserve to all you Cleveland fans, um, uh, so I think, um, they're definitely, I know I'm a little biased, but I think they're gonna win the Central. Um, I don't think they're gonna, uh, win the pennant, but... Um, that's a topic for another day. So, all right. You um, want to move on to uh, Noah? Yeah. Uh, so, getting past MLB, um, officially, um, it was official. Um, MLW, uh, Kyle announced that Noah will be retiring from MLW. The Midwest Mallard, Southern Seahawk, and Western Wildcats will be going down in history as a three-time World Series champion. One-time MVP in 2017, along with most, most clutch Silver Slugger, um, a buttload of awards, including almost winning the Triple Crown in 2017. Um, 
most improved in 2013, um, two-time World Series MVP. It should be noted that Noah is the only person to win MVP, something related to MVP, something with MVP in it, two times or more besides Scott Schultz. So that's pretty awesome. Um, I know you're a Mallard fan, Luke, so what do you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, when I first caught this league and, I, you know, it was before the 2017 season, I had to, you know, you know when you find a league, you have to, you know, choose a team to go for. And there was something about his personality, his character was just, it drew me in. And, um, I mean, yeah, all his accolades, all the, you know, the funny uh, interviews that he's had, his character is just the greatest I think we've ever seen MLW have and losing it is going to be big not only you know losing him from the Mathers but I wish him the best you know he served eight years he didn't have to do any of that and he's had some great moments to me under Kyle I, I think he, he might be in fact I know he's top three all time in my opinion wow top three so uh either Dan or Tommy are missing out on that one right yeah, I'm just going off of accolades and what he's done for the league, I think. I mean, I mean it's hard to believe as well that he's thrown a no-hitter. I mean, not a lot of guys have done that. Yeah, a lot of people will rip on him for his no-hitter against the quote-unquote worst team ever, the Preds. By the way, anybody who's ever watched MLW 2015 should know this off the top of their heads. The Atlantic Astros were 0-15. And I get that the Preds, I get that the Eagles threw the game against the Preds in the last game of the season, but at least the Preds showed some potential. The Astros were just coming out there every single day and getting just completely beat up. So, um, that's that's a pretty hot take. Um, I think Noah is definitely on the Mount Rushmore no matter what. Oh yeah, for sure. And like you said, I don't believe that the um, Predators that year were the worst team that the MLW's ever seen. I mean, you talk about the last year the Seahawks had, or the 27, uh, 2017 Seahawks, I think that they're worse. They had, you know, literally nobody besides, you know, Kyle Garricky, the GOAT. Uh, yeah, so I don't I don't think that he should be ripped for his no-hitter because it was still against a, a full lineup team. Fun fact, Kyle Garricky has more home runs than Tommy Coughlin did in this season. That's crazy. Kyle Garricky is without a doubt the GOAT. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah um, so, uh, basically, like Luke said, it, it sucks. Um, I, I know I've talked to Noah a couple times. Um, you know, uh, this really is hurting for the league, and um, it's just hard to watch a GOAT go. Yeah, like I said, it's not just bad for the, the Mallards. It's bad for the league. You're missing out on, you know, the comedic relief. You know, it's going to hurt. Um, yeah, and something that I just wanted to mention, uh, Noah Dabrico has no baseball experience, and that was his first year in the league in 2013. And while the Preds had no baseball experience, Noah Dabrico threw a no-hitter in times where literally most of the kids were either lobbing the ball or throwing a riser. So uh, that's just pretty, pretty cool when you think about it. Yeah. Um, so switching into uh, a couple of ML, a couple of MLW topics. Um, I know I went over it in the last podcast. Luke, what did you think of the World Series? Uh, 
down. Because to me, I don't think it was completely fair that the Gators could go from the worst to the best that quick. But I could talk all day about that. But like I said, I know we wanted Kyle to win. And, you know, obviously he's already completed the status of GOAT. But, I mean, that's what happens when you get two picks in, in, the, in the draft. You know, two great players. I mean, I know Jory didn't do much. That just goes to show that the future for them is so good because of what Cheatham showed late in the season in the playoffs. Um, so props to the Gators, but Drew Davis, that one's on you. Yeah, uh, you talk about the Drew Davis move. A lot of people are saying this is a team that um, you know, made it through teamwork. I'm going to be honest. The only team that has ever had teamwork um, going into a World Series or um, winning the World Series is the 2017 Mallards. 2016 carried by Dan. Um, actually, 2015, Noah had that great performance, but still Kyle pitched lights out. But when you had Noah and Tommy pitching and hitting, and you had Steve getting walks and um, hitting singles a couple times, that was the real first, you know, and the only so far three-team effort. Everybody and, was hitting. Yeah, and uh, Steve and Noah won a game together without Tommy. In that they won, They played. swept a series, actually. Yeah, they swept a series alone with no Tommy, no pitching from Tommy, and his bat not in the lineup. And that just goes to show that when they needed to step up, they, they could. And that Steve was a little underappreciated, I think, that year. Steve um, Steve got robbed the gold glove that year. Yeah. Uh, and another thing, I would say that the 2019 Predators, uh, I think that was a that was good um, teamwork, I would say. Cratch just pitching and Warda staying clutch, of course, and then Ryan's hitting and, and Russell being, you know, just a solid third bat, I think, um, who I, I would say is the best number three bat in the lineup in the league. So, yeah, um, but I agree with you about the 2017 Mallards. Uh, yeah, so the World Series, I think everyone was expecting this matchup when the uh, when the Wildcats were 6-3 and three and the, uh, the uh, Gators were 7-2, and two, but... Um, let's just, uh, quickly get into, um, what do you think are your predictions for, uh, next season? What do you think is going to happen then? Yeah, I had down here on my list, uh, who is next year's champ, and I, I think about it a lot, and I still feel like I don't have an answer. Um, if Drew Davis can draft a pitcher that is you know, that can be, like, top five in the league straight away, like Daniel Schultz kind of pitcher or whatever and have a bat in the lineup. If he gets a, a guy like Georgie or Cheatham, it's a stretch, but I think that the Cobras could do it. I've been talking about this a little bit, but if the uh, if Drew really, really wants this, if he drafts with the number one pick a really good pitcher like a Cheatham or a Jorgensen, he needs to step down from being the number one. He needs to go down to number two because he can pitch, but whenever he's not pitching well, he just starts to lob the ball and he just yep. starts to not care anymore. So, And, I, and that's the, it's, it's a curse and a blessing with Drew Davis. When he's at his high, he can 
take you anywhere you want to go. But when he's at his low, you know, if, if in a clutch game, if he chokes up, it's all downhill from there. And that's the problem with him. He can't be as composed. But, I mean, you saw he's fully dedicated to the league. If that dedication, you know, with the number one draft pick and guys like, you know, if Andy Duran sticks around and Flynn, I mean, that those are good bats and good fielders. And I think that they could be contenders next year. Um, yeah, I know you don't have anyone yet, but um, in my opinion, the favorites right now have to be the Coastal Cobras and downtown Diamondbacks. Um, I think that easily you can put the Mallards in there if they get off to how the Gators got off. And if Tommy drafts a bat, uh, they could easily be one of the worst teams in MLW and then turn it around into um, one of the best teams in MLW. It, it can change that quickly. And that's why I don't like to draft that much. It kind of feels like the NBA a little bit, or the NFL. Yeah. You know. I feel like the league, uh, when a lot of the guys that we grew up watching, I think are out of it for the most part, the league's just going to turn into a bunch of, you know, Jimmy Norps, Chris Cheatham's, you know, guys that can do everything. Uh, and, and it's going to be weird to see how, like, it will be in the future if it's still going, so... For the Mallers and their draft pick, I'm hoping for a guy that can pitch as well, you know, a dual threat guy. Those are becoming, you know, very needed in the league because I don't think anybody will be able to win anymore with just one pitcher. I, I just don't think so. No, that's not going to happen. I, I've been talking about it with the Preds. The Preds might draft another bat um, because I think that um, Alec and James are being very, very promising, and I think that Alec may want to, you know, run another season of it, but I don't see that. That's not, like, my number one 100% possibility. It's most likely going to be a pitcher, but, um, yeah, uh, basically, MLW is probably going to be ruled by the Diamondbacks next year. Um, I, I read a comment. It's like, I think that the um, D-backs are the next Preds. Uh, they, they get really, really good the second half, and then they end up um, losing... Um, and the ALDS, or the NLDS, basically. Um, and then they go on the next season, and they win it all. To me, that's not that bad of a stretch. I think that's, you know, a good guess, or, you know, a good prediction. Um, you know, looking who they have, you know, with Wilson and, um, and Norp and their draft pick coming up. Now, do you, ahead, do you put... Uh, the guy that came in late for them and just started hitting homers out of nowhere. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Uh, yeah, Jonah Heath. Yeah, Jonah Heath. Do you see him uh, playing with them next year for most of their games? Oh, yeah, 100%. But I think that Jimmy being the new um, manager, and for anybody who's um, unaware of that, there's a post yeah. on my um, Instagram, at MallardsY, or Depressed Mallards fan. Um, there's a post on that and all the details of it. Um, he's officially the manager. I think that Jonah Heath could be a trade piece, and I think it's a stretch, but I think that um, if he drafts a dominant pitcher, I think that Jonah Heath could be a trade piece. It's a hot take, but might happen. And, yeah, and, if, and if trades and, and that stuff like really picks up next year, because we didn't see too much of it, if that picks up next year, that could definitely be something that happens because, and, and 
I would make that move if I'm Jimmy Norton. Because I think that what Jonah Heat did was kind of uh, a fluke, in my opinion. I don't think that he'll be able to do that against guys like Daniel or Kyle or Tommy. I don't know if he, he can perform that way like he did. Because he did play a weak Gators team. So Yeah, and um, he was feeding off the Gators. But I actually read this. He had no hits against the Mallards. Uh, not so great. Um, yeah. Like and, I said, you face a guy like Tommy, it's, it's a lot different. Yeah. Um, and uh, speaking of, I just want to bring up a quick topic. This is going to be our last topic because we're approaching 40 minutes. But um, yeah. I, I think that I've been, I've, I know a lot of people are saying it already, but I think Chris Cheatham is going to get the bump next year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think, well, you know, what he showed in the playoffs – I think it's no doubt. I mean, I think Jory is still going to be dominant and put up good numbers, but, you know, when he comes in, you know, for, you know, the, the one game, I would assume. I don't think you turn away from Cheatham being your ace at all. Yeah, and, and another role that I think the Gators could possibly deal with is Jorgensen was pretty good in the first couple innings of the Eagle series, and he, he just he destroyed the Diamondbacks. But, yeah. He was pretty good in those first couple innings of that Eagle series, but I think my main thing is here, what if they have Chris Cheatham going for both for two innings every game and then they have Jorgensen pitch the third? Because I think that could could be a possibility. That that is a possibility, but I think, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If if Cheatham's dominating game in and game out, I think you leave him to start both games. Obviously, you know, what I love about their team is that if Cheatham gets down or Jorgensen gets down, you can just go to either one, you know, and it's... That's how they're, they're set up. Is. They're set up to go back next year. I mean, they, it's in their hands, so, yeah. I honestly think they're... Um, I honestly think if the Mallards draft well, I think the D-backs will win the NL, but if the Mallards draft well, I think that the Gators could easily be the three seed next year. Um, or even miss the playoffs with the Eagles draft well too, because I think people will start to see Cheatham really, really well, and I think it's going to be the same exact thing that w- what happened with Daniel this year. The dominant pitching season last year, but I think they might see him well. Yeah, and another thing, I mean, the NL, the future of the NL is, uh, I think it's going to be tough, you know, for each team. Like you can't guess away that you know the Mavs are going to make it or that. Uh, you know, the Eagles are going to make it. I think it's it's kind of a toss-up between four teams. I mean, their futures all look good, and they have promising uh, talent. Yeah, uh, I think that's basically um, it on uh, everything. Um, Luke, I want to thank you for coming on. Um, hopefully we can uh, do this again. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, this was a great podcast, um, and I will see you all Um, in the next one. Um, Anyway, uh, peace out.